Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the latest Disney news and rumors. We will also be reliving some of our favorite Disney World memories. That's coming up today on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everyone to Traveling with the Mouse. This is episode 338. We are in the 12th month of the year as we wrap up 2021 heading into 2022. Today I am your host, I am Jason, and we have a great show for you. And to bring us along on this show, I have two esteemed co-hosts. First, uh, we've got Adam. What's up everybody? Distinguished host. Distinguished. distinguished and esteemed. Mm -hmm. Yes. How, how are you doing today, Adam? I am here. You are here. Well, that is that is <laughs> all present. we need for right now. Uh, go ahead and start thinking about some of your favorite memories. Okay. And the second esteemed and distinguished co-host is John. You know how we feel about our fans. Plural? How do... <laughs> fans? Okay. Yes, fans. We have fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't know where that came from? You didn't, you're not going yeah, to expose it? Okay. You've been talking about rock and roll culture all day. Yeah, so yes, I think me. I was referencing something in the chat in case you didn't notice. But anyway. I like that idea. I love that idea. Yeah, wait a so, minute. I love that idea. <laughs> I guess we start off every show. Anybody got any uh, Disney trips planned? Kind of. Uh, other, <laughs> other than the one that's been spoken of. Yeah, I have. I think the next one right is the end of the year, the New Year's Eve yeah. cruise. That I think Adam, you might be coming down to Disney World to be there with us, maybe before the cruise uh, yeah. to send to send you off. Mm -hmm. Unless they have a last minute deal that cuts like twenty five hundred bucks off the price, <laughs> then uh, really, no, not that much, but just not in the budget. Yes, the price is significantly higher than when Jason booked it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Significantly yeah. higher. Timing is everything, same. especially yeah. when it comes to cruises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm sad to hear you didn't get it booked, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us. I also have a trip booked in January, my usual around my birthday uh, MLK weekend trip, and I understand it's overlapping with John this time, who I have never been at Disney World at the same time as you, John. I don't know. This will be a first. I'm actually currently scheduled for, well, almost exactly the same days, I think, as you. I believe we have the same hotel. We have the same hotel, same days. Same room. Uh, mm. Same room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't see that part, but okay. It keeps narrowing down. Like you guys keeps getting narrowed down. Same room, same bed. Oh, wait, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Anyway. I understand we, we might run into each other. So Yes, a very good that. possibility. That would be interesting, you know, because we both have the same view. Let's get uh, mm, booked. That, that's so interesting. I wonder how close together our rooms will end up being. We'll see. We'll see. It would be pretty cool if it was on opposite sides. I could kind of get the binoculars maybe and look across. Like, hey. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. And I also have a trip booked currently for March that I'm not sure if it's going to happen. But my 92-year-old grandfather, who went to Disney World the year it opened, would really like to go for the 50th. The question is about his health and whether or not he will be able to go. But we've got something booked. Gotcha. So that could be an interesting trip there as well. So I got, I got a few on the books here. A few. See, and I'm looking at March, of course, because of spring break week, but that's not the week you'll be there, I don't think. It'll be not our, not the spring break 
for my for Maddie anyway. Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm not 100 percent convinced we're going yet. I think it's. Uh, yeah. We'll wait and see. Uh, see what we got. So I ended up opting for the pre-cruise stay at the uh, Signia at Bonnet Creek, the what was formerly known as the Hilton at Bonnet Creek. I have not stayed there before, but Adam, you have given a great review of it before, so I'm very much looking forward to that. And they do say they keep the pool heated to 81 degrees year-round. Yeah. So, so they changed the name? Yes, it happen? is the first one that Hilton's Sign- putting on their Signia line. I, I okay. saw another one being built. It's, it's like a... It, it, and it's supposed to, I think, signify it's a little bit higher tier than maybe other Hiltons, if you will, from like a resort standpoint. Because it's okay. Like it's, I guess, the best of the Hiltons around. It's supposed to be, I guess, a tier above the Hilton Lake Buena Vista and Buena Vista Palace. Right. And it is by far better than those. <laughs> yeah. And the pool is awesome. I can attest to that. It's very warm. I was gonna say, Adam, you've done all the Hiltons, haven't you, <laughs> in that area? Yeah, I've Just done the three, uh, the two Disney Springs ones and Bonnet Creek or Sigmia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have not done the Waldorf, which is right next door to the. Um, well, I hemmed and hawed over whether or not to book this one because the, I mean, the <laughs> prices pricey. are insane. Really, the, they all are though. Everywhere the prices are insane. So. For instance, I saw that there was availability. By the way, we're going to be there the two nights before the cruise. So like December 29th through the 31st. So not including New Year's Eve, but up to New Year's Eve day. And I saw stuff pop up like a Riviera studio. Preferred view, granted. You want to take a guess, John, a nightly rate for that on those nights? 1100 Just about $1,041 a night before tax. That was close. Yeah, and I've heard reports, I think Pete on the Diz said that he he seen some ridiculous things coming up with the yielded prices uh, when he was trying to book something in mid-December that he got quoted uh, All-Stars at 700 a night or something like that. It was... uh, All-Stars? What? Yeah, it was yielded up. So, I don't know. The prices are absolute insanity, and so are... It's not just Disney. It's everywhere that's, that's, that's elevated... But uh, I opted to do this over one of the other Hiltons just because I figure the two days before New Year's Eve, the parks are going to be crazy. So I'm kind of debating just how much time I want to even spend in the parks themselves and how much I just want to spend at the resort getting myself in cruise shape for relaxation. (laughs) By the way, uh, if anyone out here listening is actually going to or has booked a $700 a night All-Star Room, Please contact us. We would like to know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw that week uh, All Stars for 252, but that was, you know, regular room. I, I, I'm the, hoping it's one of those suites, right? The family. It's got to be one of the suites. I'm hoping. I don't know. I thought the suites actually went for a little more than that, but. Yeah. It, typically. I looked at Swan and Dolphin and they were over 500 a night to like 570, I think, for like the Swan. Well,. I was considering, you know, there's the uh, Give Kids the World uh, Every Ride Day coming up on December the 11th, and I've been trying to debate whether or not I can make it. I don't think I can. We talked about it, but uh, I did. I was looking at that weekend, and I did see a Coronado Springs pop up, a Grandestino Tower Standard View Room pop up, mm-hmm. and 
man, we're never going to see those prices we got those Grand Estina for anymore. Because yeah. I think it was 200. like $330 for that room. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I stayed in that room for 180 bucks a night. Yeah. Literally. I tell you, I tell you what, yeah. though, what I've looked at a couple of times here, a pretty good alternative right now would be getting a preferred view at Coronado Springs because you're somewhat close to the tower. You wouldn't have the tower view, but it would be good for the price, I would think. It would probably be good for the price, but man, Grandestino is just a step up. Like staying in Grandestino, it feels like you're in a deluxe. And I think they yeah. finally figured out that they can charge. Now, deluxe prices. Well, that's yeah. what we used to call deluxe prices. The deluxes during the same time are over six hundred dollars a night. So not that long ago, it was three hundred. But deluxes are so ridiculous. I don't even know if I'll ever stay in a deluxe again. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. If they keep up in the prices like they do now, it just makes DVC look even more and more attractive because the only way you're ever going to afford to stay in a deluxe is to prepay for 50 years. I mean, that's basically (laughs) what they're going to like prepay for 50 years. Maybe that's their goal. Maybe that's (laughs) the objective. That and if you, or rent points. Yep. So I wanted to start with some of our trips because I feel that there's been a bit of negativity floating around us around Disney World. And I don't think it's just us. I think it's yeah. pretty consistent amongst all the fans. Most of the shows we listen to, people are saying it. I think even some of the most diehard, usual, positive folks Loyalist. have started to see some negativity. So I wanted to just bring that Ray, And that's why we're going to close the show, I think, with some good memories of Disney World. Because there's still some magic there. But we're getting a little bit been out of shape jaded. a little bit because we're, yeah jaded i will say because of the the changes they're making that are mm. are really hurting the fans and the ones that go all the time more than anything right mm-hmm. the people that go once ever we're already going to spend a fortune but it's it's us that are that are feeling some of that brunt before we go back to like our best memories let's dive into some of that muck just to get it out of the way um, it's been a couple of weeks since we had a show, and so one of the first things I wanted us to react to is the fact that Disney World has mm, ceased right. the sales for supposedly temporarily of new annual passes, except for the Pixie Dust Pass, mm. which is only available to Florida residents, and that's the lowest tier pass that only gives you weekdays with a lot of blackout dates. So, Pass. Uh, Sorcerer's Pass and Pirate's Pass are currently not for sale from Walt Disney World. Seems weird that they wouldn't put these on sale, but it makes sense from their new world where they're like, we actually don't really want you guys here. We want the ones that are going to pay for everything at high margins. Maybe they saw that there was a significant demand coming up here, particularly this month. Maybe that made a difference in it. Maybe a little bit of it has to do with the news of what they know is surrounding Omicron, yeah, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But they decided this before that came out, really. So. Yeah, that's well before Omicron. I think this is... Yeah. This is... They don't want annual pass holders... Clogging uh, up. Clogging up the parks. The, the, the parks. And then there's some other rumors I've heard that maybe they're retooling it a little bit. You know, they'll probably bring it back. Probably at a higher price. Maybe with less <laughs> perks. Maybe there'll be an upcharge to add Genie. Who knows? Probably. But, I mean, this Maybe. this shouldn't be surprising because they, they sold out of annual passes, the top tier in California. I think they've now sold out of the second highest tier in California. Yep. So 
That's never been something we heard of before. They never stopped selling annual passes before. There was no limit. They're like, keep buying, please. Right. Buy more, yeah. buy more, buy more. But now they don't, be, want, they don't want annual pass holders. Guest yield is not high enough for annual passes. What would be my luck? Yes. Would be that I've already purchased an annual pass, and then they're going to repackage it into something that like includes Genie Plus, like you said, <laughs> or something. Well, the thing is, is you can renew, John. We can all renew. So when mine comes yeah. up for renewal, and I was like, do I want to let it lapse at all? Do I want to maybe put a gap if I don't go on this March trip? And maybe because like the thing is, is when you renew it, you get twelve months. If you don't have a trip immediately planned after renewal. It's more of a math problem to figure out, well, if I if if my next trip is three months after my renewal date, it might make sense to just pay for a whole new annual pass at the full price because then you get 12 months from that trip, right? Yeah, right. But now it motivates me to say, well, I guess I got to renew because I don't want to not have one. Yeah, because you can't <laughs> just buy one, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're doing with this. Maybe they're trying to encourage people as like, you know what? You might want to renew because you never know when they might be for sale. <laughs> or they're just trying to so, weed out the true loyalists of uh, Disney I guess. fandom. I'm assuming I they guess. would still sell you one if they were in your situation that you had during COVID, Adam, which is when you have, like, if your whole family has one and you have a child that comes of age, right, you know, right, three, yeah. <laughs> and has to pay for one, that they'd probably sell you yeah. the, the, sell the yeah, three-year-old. they totally one. did for him, yeah. That has to pay full price, by the way? Yes, of course. There's only one price for an annual pass now? Only one price. He's coming up for renewal in January, too, so... Well, it only makes sense when their regular tickets are only like 10 bucks off for a uh, for a child, so... 10 bucks difference <laughs> than the I regular... I think it's only five. Back Is it? I don't know. I it's something. I don't know. Yeah. I was... Still, it's like, it still, made no sense to me. Why? Why not just charge the same amount? Not, like, exactly. I was like, why even bother giving the five? Right, like they five gotta have a difference. I guess they figure if they have a difference in the price, then it still has the effect on the general public. That won't even buy a spring roll. Another right. theory I've heard floated, in addition to the ones we've just discussed, is that they didn't want to sell the annual passes. And this is putting Disney almost in a positive light, that they're thinking about their guests' experience yeah, in one. some way. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, <laughs> don't buy it. It's that they didn't want to sell annual passes because there weren't park pass availability for some of the holidays. And they didn't want people to buy something that they wouldn't be able to get the value of because... As of like a week or so ago, there was basically no availability during the week of Christmas and all leading up to New Year's, which some of that park pass availability has been replenished. But there was also no availability around Thanksgiving. In fact, at one point, they stopped selling day tickets for Thanksgiving in that week. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even sell those tickets. So They were busy, but I think the days that I saw where touring plans had it like all tens or whatever, I don't think ended up being actual tens. So, I don't know. I've heard two know. separate reports. Adam can share the one from his friend he told me pre-show. Mm-hmm. But my wife had a friend at her work that went during the Thanksgiving holiday and said it was miserable. The lines were super long. They were understaffed. Exactly what we expect. Everywhere is understaffed. It's not just Disney World. Single cashiers at a quick service and, you know, 50 people in line, 100 people, you know, everybody trying to get food and nobody there to actually serve it to you. Well, uh, here's the question, though, too, though. What level guests are they? Do they? Are they the ones that go regularly, been before, first time? 
They had been before, and so they know what it was like, and they said it had declined. And the report that they had told my wife is they don't plan to go back until maybe Tron opens. That would be the thing that will bring them back. So they'll be back what, later this year. Okay. <laughs> right. Six months. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, what, that's kind of when we expect it to happen, right? I mean, or later. I said later this year. Later next year, I should say. Yeah, it actually was announced at the D23 that it's supposed to open summer 2022. Yeah. Or no, no, no. That was, that's not Tron that's supposed to open. That, that is was Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, Guardians, Guardians, yeah. Guardians is Tron summer. Literally, what they said about Tron, by the way, was opening soon. That's all they said. So 2023, then. Yeah, so that's interesting. That, is that going to be a test track situation where mm-hmm. it says coming... It says coming soon in 1997, and it ends up opening in January of 1999. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what happens. The uh, parks panel at the D23 thing was very, like, let down. It wasn't. It was overhyped and not a lot of interesting information there. Yeah, I mean, it was a well, lot of information we either already knew or expected. Yeah. There was nothing new, and it was you know nothing unexpected. Got, yeah, exactly. We got one. It was one. more notable for what it lacked. It lacked an appearance from Disney's CEO. <laughs> Correct. And it lacked any mention of the words Lightning Lane or Genie Plus. Yeah, that's true. Because mm. that would have got audible booze, too. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. I mean, it, it's just blatant money grab left and right. So they're still packing out the parks. Well, at least to the level that they have park pass availability. Which we don't know what that is. <laughs> right. We don't know what that, that park pass total is. And seems like they're still struggling with staff. So yeah. speaking of staff, there's a couple of shakeups on the staff mm-hmm. that have happened. Mm-hmm. Number one, we'll start with Susan Arnold, who will be the successor to Bob Iger as chairman of the board for the Walt Disney Company. It was uh, revealed that Bob Iger was the reason that Bob Chapek did not show up to D23 because he had to go to Bob Iger's going away dinner. Sure. Sure. Right. Do we know anything about Susan? I I don't don't know much. I looked her up and her face looks somewhat familiar. So I have seen her on something before. She's 67 years old. She seems somewhat familiar. Have I threatened her before? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Pirates reference, but yeah. I mean, it was a jack line. I could use it in this Disney podcast. Sure. I think it's interesting. Bob's, he decided to be chairman of the board when he stepped down to CEO, right? And he's also some other term. I can't remember what it was. He was chairman before he took out the CEO title. In fact, I'm looking at an article now. Iger came in to CEO in 2005 and then added the chairman role in 2012. And then when right. Chapek took over as CEO, he sort of kept the chairman role, and now he's leaving that too. Right. So he's, he's getting out everything. altogether. Yeah. He's getting out. Maybe it's because he was thinking that some people might start seeing that I actually do have something I could do about Chapek, and I don't want that. So I was reading some <laughs> news reports, and I don't know how much to believe about any of these, but that Iger is kind of not happy with how things are going with Chapek. But Chapek has a lot of political clout with the board and others, and so he's he's kind of like, all right, well. Uh, so 
Iger's not happy, but I'm just going to abandon this altogether. Well, I, th- I mean, if the board wants to go with Chapik, the board's going to go with Chapik. So, I guess. Um, I mean, Iger, this isn't how he ran the company. I- I- I'll say no. this. Iger still went for profits. Prices still went up under Iger. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as callous, I would say, in a sense. Obvious. Yeah, and it was in ways where we... You know, there was also some good carrots. It wasn't all stick. It was also yeah. some carrots. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, it was spread out, and then there were perks. There were a few perks, you know, things that were better about it, yeah. He'd be like, yes, I'm going to charge more. I'm also going to buy Marvel. Yes, I'm going to charge yeah. more. I'm also going to open a Star Wars land. Exactly. Um, yeah. Buy so. Star Wars, by the way. By the way, I think someone mentioned that if it does take Tron until 2023 to open, won't it have taken longer to build that ride than it took to build all of the Magic Kingdom? Yes. <laughs> if yes. that's the case, now you got to factor in a time period in which no work was being done on it whatsoever. But That's pretty bad, regardless. Yeah. I don't know what it is that's taking longer now, though, unless it has to do with certain materials being of short supply, maybe. I don't know. I think it's workers. One thing I saw from Mickey Views is that he noted in November that all of a sudden there was a pickup in activity at Epcot construction. And so I'm wondering if they were just like, they were just like, we're not going to spend this money until the end of the fiscal year. And if they were just like holding the horses through so that they could look as good as they could, for their fiscal year, and now they're now they're going to start doing construction again at more. I mean, that's a logical theory regarding it. And then, too, they may have just shifted focus to Epcot because it needs it the most, and it needs to be finished the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> to, because Epcot's in pretty rough shape overall um, right now. So yeah, it needs some... Something I mean, I mean, if they don't hurry up on Tron, though, it's going to have to go down for a scheduled refurbishment on day one because it's so damn old. Well, there's that, but I mean, they don't they don't have to have the difference is they don't have to have a draw to Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom itself is a draw. You know what right. I mean? Having Epcot finished would help draw people to. Magic but just Epcot. think if you could charge twenty dollars per person to ride a ride. At- <laughs> you don't think they're going to charge twenty dollars to ride Guardians? They probably will. Who knows what they're going to charge for Tron? Be ridiculous. The other shakeup is in Imagineering. Uh, Barbara Booza, I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, was named president of Walt Disney Imagineering, replacing Bob Weiss, who is moving into a consultant role as he is going to um, be the global Imagineering ambassador. A little bit of criticism about this from some of the fandom. I don't know if. I don't know what to make of this. I feel like we're upset about everything. So, But the criticism is that Barbara didn't join Walt Disney until recently, so she's kind of an outsider without much of a... Good. Like I think they're... Yeah, without I think much that's of a good a thing. ...imagineering personally. background. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out. I'm not going to prejudge this one. Yeah, I think this is a good thing. We have a lot of people that are either too young or they're too new of a Disney fan to remember... What took place back in the 80s? Michael Eisner Hire was an outsider and was a good thing, believe it or not. Even though it didn't end well, it started out excellent. <laughs> so that's all well, I Well, I'm, I'm just looking for leadership announcements a little bit higher up. 
next time, Disney. Like, let's change out. Uh, I know chairman of the board's pretty high up. Let's let's do one one right below that. Let's do CEO next. Uh, let's yeah. change that one out. <laughs> right. Well, as long as they're making money, they're bringing a, they're going to ride with him. But if the fan base get, takes enough, has had enough, and this dies down enough, then we'll see. Well. Are they making money because they didn't quite hit their Disney Plus expectations, and they're gonna put some more? They're gonna dump more money into Disney Plus. No, they're just gonna f- fire somebody from the Disney Plus section. The twenty twenty two content budget they revealed is going to be increased by eight billion dollars. They are going to spend thirty three billion dollars on content wow. next year. Total, not just for Disney Plus, but everywhere. It's thirty-three billion on all of their content. I hope it pays off. I tell you what, I mean, when it comes to the streaming, when when all these other ones being added, I thought it might cause a problem for Netflix. Netflix actually seems to be handling it quite well. They still have managed to be successful. I mean, there's room for you to have Netflix and Disney. And honestly, right now Netflix is putting out more consistent new stuff. That is going to draw new subscribers. Now, I've seen a couple of good things on Disney uh, recently. um, And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Is now that it's free and it wasn't an upcharge. I think a couple of us have seen Jungle Cruise. My review is good. Liked it. Would watch again. And would watch watch a sequel. So, let's make another one. I loved it. It's like I kind of mentioned in there. I said it was kind of... Indiana Jones meets Mummy meets Pirates type of feel in there. It was done well, though. It was done really... I mean, it's not... It's In some cases, it's not like a plot-type stuff that you've never seen before. But at the same time, it was kind of like a new twist on an old plot, I guess. Or an old genre, <laughs> maybe, is a good way to put it. But it was very it was very well done. I thought it was very well done. Could you replace The Rock with Brendan Fraser? If this was movie was made <laughs> ten years, twenty years ago, would it be? No, I, I feel like you just, need not the same thing. The Rock, you gotta okay, have the Rock. Sorry. Yeah, just no, you have it there. He did. He did great. He did great with the puns okay. and everything. <laughs> good, good. All right, I kind of watched it. I didn't get to see yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, I did watch the entire Beatles Get Back documentary that Peter Jackson put out on Disney you Plus. Watched it all? I did. I watched the entire thing from start to end. I started watching it last night, but I fell asleep. <laughs> I was just too tired. It was it has nothing to do with the content more so than it was yeah, it was yeah. the tiredness. It's definitely long form, but I'll just summarize by saying if you're a Beatles fan, you'll love it. It's really cool. There's a lot of little hidden gems in there that are like things sort of happen and unfold and you're like, Holy crap, I just witnessed something that is like an amazing song that they just sort of made out of nowhere. And you sort of see the creation of it. Like, for example, something. George was working on it. He said he'd been working on it for six months, and he just starts playing it for John, and he's sort of, like, working out some of the words, and they go back and forth with trying to fill in some of the words he's trying to write. And it's just it's incredible. And how Paul McCartney comes up with Get Back, like, on the fly while they're just playing around, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that watching this, how well they're getting along, that this was around right. the time period they were breaking apart. <laughs> I mean, you would have expected it to be more stressful, I would think. Yeah, when you watch it, you think, man, they could have made it five more years if they had just 
talked things out differently, but it, I feel like they were afraid to talk to each other. Anyway, they were afraid to like address the major issues openly. I think there but, was one person who made appearances in the room that may have had a little something to do with it. I'm just saying. You saying Yoko? You trying to say Yoko? yes? <laughs> yes. I honestly, during this whole thing, she pretty much just sits there. She doesn't really do much, and it's kind of funny how they I, they don't really. Just the fact that she shows up as often as she does. I mean, yeah, yeah. why? Well, because they were in love. You know, nobody else's women showed up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Actually, you see Linda show up uh, for okay. a while. She's so, sort well, of. Someone there, brought their their like yogi person, right? The like. The meditation guy that just sat in the corner. I forget who that was. Right, George brought him, of course. It had to have been George. <laughs> yeah. Definitely George. But uh, Ringo's wife is there occasionally. But uh, Linda was there for a couple of the days, and she just sort of hang out with Yoko. She was just sitting there with Yoko. So that's, anyway, yeah, didn't mean to go off on, on that, but it's worth watching. Uh, it's on Disney+, Plus, so it counts. Exactly, yeah. It's, it counts, it's, really it's on Disney+. Plus, and they need to put some more investment. I mean, I put in, what, a hundred and something dollars a year and a half ago for three years, and I feel like that warrants $33 billion of content for me, specifically. Yeah. What I missed this season, though, was I've missed The Mandalorian not being available this season. Yeah. And I think Disney has this missed it because they didn't hit some of their goals yeah. because they didn't have right. a Mandalorian that draws new subscribers. We have to wait until the 29th to get Book of Boba Fett, which I'm not, like, I think it'll be interesting, but I don't know that it'll draw the same as Mandalorian, but, I mean, the Obi-Wan, though, that's going to break the right. internet. You're right, that will that will draw them in. The best things I've watched, like, new on Disney Plus recently, Jungle Cruise, of course, and then the, Haunted, the Muppets Haunted Mansion. I also watched Black Widow. It was meh. I watched Home Alone. Uh, what's it called? I forgot how they Home Home Alone again or what's it called? <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> again, it was an interesting twist on Home Alone. The burglars were like, you sympathize with them because the guy lost his job and he was about to of lose course. his house. And I was going to say that's all they do nowadays. There's no real villains. Right? It's just misunderstood exactly. people. Exactly. That's and they ended up being <laughs> friends at the end. And the, you know, yeah, it's a 2021 version. You know of of Home Alone. What you would much. expect of a movie made today, yeah. I, I don't know. Fortunately, Jungle Cruise was not like that. There was a real villain. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I'm going to have to watch oh, that. And it took me a while to place where I'd seen the villain uh, before, but that oh, is yeah? one of the actors from one of the Black Mirror episodes, which is... Oh, that's where you noticed him from? Yes. Okay. I noticed him as being Todd from Breaking Bad. <laughs> the last like two or three seasons. Was he? Huh. Yeah. The you, you remember which character I'm talking about? Todd, the very cold-hearted one that his uncle was in prison, and they ended up being involved in like, the last oh, yes. season. Particularly. Okay, now yeah. I remember him. But yeah, I also remember him as uh, on that uh, Black Mirror episode that uh, is on the. It's sort of like the Star Trek thing, but it's the virtual. Anyways. Okay. I don't want to ruin the Black Mirror episode. That's okay. <laughs> Anyways, the last few stories I have, one of them is a rumor. There is a rumor that's spinning off of the D23 announcement that the Fan Festival of Fantasy Parade is returning. And the rumor is that the Maleficent Dragon will not return with the parade. That's disappointing. Didn't they bring it out, though, for the cavalcades? 
I thought so, but it's the rumor is it's going to be relegated to after-hours events. So only for hard-ticket yeah. events will you get to see right. such things. And the other rumor is they're going to yeah. do like they did for the Christmas parade and reduce the number of dancers. So the parade will be slightly less. So keeping with the theme of pay more for less, Walt Disney World. Pretty Speaking soon the parades will be limited to Genie Plus. If you didn't pay for Genie Plus, you have to turn your journey back. And you can't watch the parade. <laughs> if you paid extra Upcharge. for the parade, you get to watch it. Right. That's right. It's like it's like they're going to have designated areas, and you have to buy your spot to watch the parade. I'm surprised they don't already do that. They might start taking the best areas and saying you have to, right. to buy that. Yeah. For Anywhere real. Anywhere that you can squeeze a little bit more money out, they're going to find it. Yeah. I care not about any of the parades, really, so... It's good to have the parades, though. I, I feel like the parades, as they're getting more crowded, they need to have the parades. It's a draw. Yeah, it helps the, with the lines during certain times of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll finish with one one positive note on the stories before we talk about some of our best Disney memories. And that is, did you see the new Spaceship Earth lights for the holidays? Yeah, I saw some. The one really great thing they added is the lights on Spaceship Earth, and they did some. They have some special Christmas ornament type animations and things that just really are nice. It doesn't shock me because Spaceship Earth is the best beacon of all the beacons, anyway. Mm-hmm. So. It's the best art of all the art. I, I'm thrilled. When I was there in October. Um, whenever we were just standing there, like watching the Epcot beacon, and I was just like in awe, pretty much. I mean, like it was just, it stirred emotion sitting there watching that. I don't know what it was. It was the best one. Awesome. Anyway, so that sort of wraps our news segment. We've been a little bit negative. We're gonna ship shift back into positivity mode. Let's think back to some of our best Disney World memories, and it would possibly be even better to think of. Best Disney World memories, potentially around the holiday season, would be even better, I think, um, as we enter that season. So, I don't know where we shall start, but does anyone have one they want to bring up first? Well, I don't have a ton around the holiday season. I've only actually been a handful of times, not even a handful, really, uh, of times during what I would consider the holiday season. But for whatever reason, one of the first ones that came to mind is something that I actually miss being able to do is the Osborne lights uh, oh, yeah. at Hollywood Studios. I kind of miss being able to walk through and see that. It was a very neat atmosphere on the back lot in the streets of New York, today known as Galaxy's Edge. Right. But it was really neat being able to do that, I thought. So that was the first thing that came to mind holiday-wise. I mean, Adam, you have anything in particular? Yeah, I, now that you mention that, though, I found video that I made of the last year of the Osborne Lights. Was that 2015 or 16? One of those two. Yeah, it was... Yeah. 15, maybe? Anyway. Yeah, that was... Uh, it was really cool to see. You could just stand there and look around. Lights everywhere. It was really awesome. Yeah. And another one for me, though, is the resorts, like especially Grand Floridian, seeing the gingerbread house and all the different decorations that the resorts do the wilderness lodge is is really nice oh yeah around christmas as well so and Any the boardwalk with the word lodge right yeah Board, boardwalk too and um i think it's uh beach club 
Yeah, the Beach Club had a pretty neat Christmas, Christmas display. Because I stayed, we we stayed at Beach Club in 2017. Whenever we did the the mm-hmm. early the cruise in early December, but we uh, had stayed one night at Riverside, and then when we we went on the cruise, and then we came back and spent two nights at Beach Club. So Beach Club had yeah it was it was decorated quite well for yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, there's some resorts are better than others, but yeah, I would say Grand Floridian Wilderness Lodge, Beach Club, those are the ones that stand out to me. Yacht Club is good too, of course. I was thinking Boardwalk had a pretty good setup yeah. or tree setup or whatever that was in the lobby because right. they had like a uh, like a merry-go-round I think that was made of gingerbread was theirs or something like that when I went and saw it. I'd have to go back yeah, and look at my footage. I, right, I, that's I, I thought that was Beach Club, but I could be wrong because yeah, I remember look. I just remember seeing it one year. Yeah. So what are the things that? that I remember distinctly and I can't even remember which visit is because I used to go more often I guess around the holidays and when I say more often before I started going all the time like my family would go we went one time this is probably around 2008 ish I would say we went at Thanksgiving there was the time where we did a one day with my son when he was like one year old and that was in December and I just distinctly remember going into Magic Kingdom at night on one of these trips turning the corner and those icicle lights on the castle just was light I kind of miss the icicle lights still it was stunning really just to turn that corner especially something you had like I can sort of remember like I didn't go all the time I still remember that feeling of like oh wow yeah that's impressive right when you mentioned holiday in particular speaking of the icicle lights that's one thing that i wish i could see again and the other this is kind of a small thing but the reset that went all the way across on main street i liked that better Mm -hmm. than what they currently do personally even though it kind of got in the way of the fireworks part but i just liked it i don't know what it was about it i i I liked it so you know what for me why i like that because it reminds me of the old i think it was what is it the christmas sing-along thing that disney put out back in the 80s Right, so it gets a little nostalgic. Yeah, but it was Disneyland's, but it was Disneyland's Main Street. But yeah, I used to watch that every year on VHS. So (laughs) for all the kids out there, that's uh, tape. I don't know if kids would even know what that is today. Oh, I was, uh, we had some interns at work uh, finish up their (laughs) semesters with us. And we took them out last day, kind of like a happy hour thing, you know, Get them, get them some snacks or whatever. We were having a chat about because mm-hmm. you know they're college age. And yeah, I learned some some words about like what Gen Zers call millennials and stuff like that. And so we were, I was asking various questions like, did they know what a five and a quarter inch floppy disk looked like? And they had no idea what I was talking about, and they thought I was talking about a cassette tape. Wow. And yeah, the, the young kids don't really know. About uh, how tough we used to. <laughs> yeah, I know. A five and a quarter inch floppy disk. I don't know that I ever actually used one. I definitely saw them. Oh, I remember having them. Hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. them. And Unless I'm they thinking didn't of store a whole own. lot of. They didn't store a whole lot of information, but they were there. Because the one, 
The more common one was the three and a half, right? Or wasn't that right? The three and a half is what most people remember because that's what yeah. it transitioned to. Right. I, five and a quarter was like actual right floppy. Younger, they were really yeah, actually floppy. They were they actually, actually floppy. Yeah, and they didn't store a whole lot of info. Uh-uh. Yeah. Anyways, I remember my very first uh, PC. This is kind of not. This is kind of off topic, but it had, was two gigabytes of storage. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about that in comparison to nowadays, <laughs> right? Going back to to memories, it wasn't it wasn't Christmas or anything like that, but it was at the holidays. It was that time that that trip I mentioned with my son, my wife, that was in December before I really got into this Disney extravagant, over the top, going all the time kind of thing. This was right before we had done any of that, and we we were just down in Orlando. Staying with some friends who had moved down there, we said, "Well, we're, let's just we're going to take our son over there just for a day to the Magic Kingdom, just since we're here." Bought a day ticket and went over, and he's one, and we're just trying to find stuff to do. I didn't have any of my current skills of fast passes or things like that. I did use fast pass, and I, that's sort of where I picked it up. And one of the things I liked was like, "Oh, I can just get on rides. Like, why is nobody else using this service?" But whatever. You mean, why isn't someone paying for this? Yeah. I didn't know about parades or the schedules or anything. I just remember, like, we went on a couple of rides, and then I turn a corner, and then there's a parade. And then my son's dancing in the street, and he's seeing the bunny from Zootopia. I forget her. uh, Judy Hops. Judy Hops. Yeah. So, like, oh, wow, this is cool that this is here now. It's like I just turned around, and there was just, like, cool stuff happening that I didn't expect. And and that was yep. uh, that's one of the things that I think sort of hooked me. It's just like, oh wow, this is going on. It, it wasn't like an experience that you get somewhere else. That's just like you ride rides and that's all you get. Like eh, yeah. six legs, and even then, there's you don't get to ride that many. Yeah. <laughs> you saying that kind of triggered a little something with me. I really missed the ability to be spontaneous. <laughs> At Disney, because that's just like out the window now. You even have to do a park reservation. So, I mean, I can't just decide one day, hey, I want to go to, you know, what whatever park and just go. I have to make yeah. sure that there's a reservation first. And if you didn't have a fast pass for something, it wasn't the end of the world. Or di- or res- dinner reservations. Like, I remember the first two times I went to hoop doo we didn't make the reservation until we were there. <laughs> I mean, we were there when we made the reservation. Right. Because so, you could. Uh, you wouldn't worry right. about it selling out. You went to the front desk to make the reservation. Yeah. If I did that now, it probably wouldn't be available. They'd laugh at you like, so, wait, what? Right. You're here for <laughs> exactly. now? Tonight? Yeah. You're like, yeah. now? Yeah. You mean now? Yeah. yeah. Right now, that'd be like, so, hoopty what? What's the hoop? Yeah, hoopty what? <laughs> yeah, good point. But anyway. Yeah, I kind of missed that. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Any other things before we wrap today on those? Well, I would say the first after hours, I guess I would say, event I did was a Christmas party. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. Many moons ago now, it feels like. But, yeah, it was really cool. It was a fun thing, and the Christmas party used to be really exciting to me. I always like Christmas better than Halloween, even though Halloween's probably the better party or back in the day it was still. 
but I just loved the decorations and it wasn't as crowded so you could ex- enjoy the music and the jingle cruise and you could I'm actually I'm actually cookies. with you Adam I haven't yeah. I've enjoyed the Christmas parties more than the Halloween parties even though I enjoyed the Halloween parties I enjoyed the Christmas parties yeah more. I don't know it was more festive I just I felt yeah. I don't know it was something about the Christmas atmosphere it was just so yeah nice yeah so yeah I've, I've done a couple of Christmas parties and when you say after hours event I guess technically my first after hours event was something a long time ago. If someone has been a long time Disney fan that's listening to us would know a little something called E-Ride Night. Mm-hmm. That was an upcharge <laughs> <laughs> of about 15 bucks <laughs> whenever it was available. Wow. But it was be- it was it was what eventually became the after hours events essentially or actually the extra magic hours is what it became. It became included. But at that point in time, you paid like an extra 15 bucks just to do what they called E-Ride. One or two hours left with E-Ticket attractions, as they called them, being uh, available. Not all attractions available at that point in time. So, yeah. That was back like turn of the century, <laughs> whenever they did that. Uh, simpler wow. times. Turn of the century. Yeah. It's funny to hear us talk like that. And during that time... What did a night at the uh, Grand Floridian go for? My goodness, I don't. I couldn't tell you for sure, but I'll I'll tell you this: we would get these mailers mm-hmm. that had prices for a certain or deluxe resort for have you. I know that we got circa nineteen ninety nine. We'll say I remember getting for a deal getting the Polynesian for a hundred and ninety nine dollars a night. Yeah, and that was a deal. Yeah. So. I remember 2010 getting a one bedroom at Bay Lake Tower for 3:30 a night. That's yeah. at least triple. Well, I That's remember be getting our fondest memories that we'll talk about 20 <laughs> right. years from now. Pays. You know, what's how much something cost of, of Disney? <laughs> one time we stayed at Grand Destino Tower for under $200 a night. No yeah. way, pop right. up. No way. There's right. no way. Yeah, people will not right. believe exactly. us for that. I guarantee you. Yeah. Well, you remember Adam back when we did the whole like interview our mothers? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. And I think Mom had mentioned something like they got the poly for like forty bucks a night. Yeah. <laughs> back in the seventies, yep. <laughs> something yeah. like that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I Gosh. think contemporary was sixty, right? It was more. It was more expensive. The time I stayed at Yacht Club, I swear I got it under three hundred. I don't. I, I might have been even less than that. That was circa 2014, 15. I think it was 14. Well, uh, no, it was 15. When Toy Story Land opened, was it 2017? Toy Story Land? It was 2018, wasn't it? I think it was. I paid 3.30 at Yacht Club there. See, and I paid, I want to say right around 200 <laughs> for a discounted room in September. Yeah. That was around, that was in 2015. I want to say I paid that. It was July when I did, yeah, July. It was probably the cheapest I've paid for a deluxe in the last five years, yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't see that happening. I don't see anything under $500 happening. Yeah. Well, outside outside of what I'm getting AK Lodge for. Outside, uh, under 500 for what? For a deluxe? I see under 500 happening. Well, um, but actually, see it happening? this year, we split the cost of a two-bedroom villa at... 
Oh, Key West. That was less than 509, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably. It depends on where you're looking. You're right. You got a point. Yeah. Where and when. And, uh, yeah. John, I think one of the things you haven't been able to experience since getting your annual pass, which you can't buy any more of, but at least you got yours, um, right. is you're in the middle of the 50th, and so you haven't been able to take advantage of these deals that we used to get. And maybe they'll never bring them back, but we can always hope. Like One of the things with the annual pass is we would get a lot of money off these rooms. Oh, yeah. A yeah. lot. <laughs> Well, way back in the day when I had one, I, that's kind of... Well, Adam, you remember that trip we did in 09. I got the room boardwalk. at an annual pass rate for Boardwalk, and I don't remember how cheap that was, but it was pretty good. I'm sure it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. And that was in oh. July, too. Yeah, <laughs> this July. this reminds me of something I heard also on one of the podcasts, is that uh, they were saying during the holidays this year, you can get, like, uh, campground, uh, campsite, for, like, 130 no. bucks. So, um, to provide your own vehicle, <laughs> to provide or to, or to yeah, you get provide a, your own. So tent. for what you used to be able to get a value for, you now get a plot of dirt. Yep, uh, you can sleep <laughs> on the dirt for a hundred bucks a night. Pretty much, wow. it's like you have to at least bring your own tent. One of the <laughs> if yeah. nothing else. Uh, gosh, if I had an RV, which I actually kind of plan on doing one day, I actually would take it to the campground. <laughs> I saw it was available for that challenge weekend, and if we were to be able to go, it'd just probably be like my my son and myself. And I was like, it kind of it might be fun to take my son down there and just tent camp a couple of nights. You think they would let you if you just rent a lot? If they let you just bring a sleeping bag and like sleep on the ground <laughs> or sleep on the concrete slab? <laughs> I think they would allow that. <sighs> oh <don't know>. no, <laughs> Lord. All right. So, yeah, any other positive, cheerful, hopeful memories anyone wants to share here? All I can say is I just mentioned that 09 trip where Adam and I kind of went. It was interesting because it was late July. It had later hours, but it wasn't really, like, super busy. Yeah. It had the Brazilian tour groups. They had plenty of those. But overall, it was not bad. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even use FastPass then. I don't. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, it was available, but we didn't really even have to use it, or cho- didn't even choose to. Didn't need to. I remember doing after hours at Epcot, and I think we did like Mission Space like three times in a row or something. I, or test yeah, track, something. Maybe, I remember test yeah. track. Well, I know test track was late at night. Yeah. Um, like when we were walking back through World Showcase to get to Boardwalk, it was empty. <laughs> yeah. Because. I remember that because it was after the illuminations that night. So, but yeah, I mean, to me, that was, that was pretty fun because like I said, it was during a time of year when some people would think, oh, it's so hot and it's going to be, to me, it wasn't really, it didn't feel that much different than what I was used to because of where we live. I mean, it was, it felt the same outside in July as it did in Florida, pretty much outside in Florida as it did right here in Georgia. So that part wasn't really a factor where it is for some people about oh it's going to be so hot and I was like yeah it just feels like walking outside <laughs> my house normally yeah. right now <laughs> so not much different yeah yeah, yeah. It wasn't much different in the middle of july yeah i don't mind going in the summer honestly um i would say one of our more recent really fun memories was the preview of galaxy's edge you know getting to go in there early and oh uh, yeah. yeah getting to see some of the stuff it was fun yeah how about those early magic hours <laughs> That were totally unnecessary for for Hollywood Studios during that time period. Oh right, yeah. And Magic Kingdom also got unnecessarily early magic hours. Yeah, 
Well, they all, just about all of them did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I mean, yeah, going on, on those memories, of course, a pinnacle memory of mine is riding all the rides in one day. Yeah, of there you have it. Yeah. Completing a challenge. I feel like we went along with you. Yeah, sitting there at the Dahlia Lounge, surveying the property, soaking it in and realizing, I can say with confidence, I'm the only one that did this today. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you remember, what was your celebratory drink? I did the Manhattan thing that they have up there, whatever they, the really good one, the bourbon drink, and they gave me two free champagnes, and uh, I had some tapas, I had some food, and I remember it very well. Had a great server, I can still remember that. She shared her Instagram, I think it was a photography thing, and I did a live stream to talk about my thoughts, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it. So we did, we did find, manage to end on a high note. Yeah, and, and I will say one of the things that still I think back on and brings a little tear to my eyes is I think this was 2017, Adam. You were there on this trip when my parents went and my niece, and uh, this is, we sort of went on. We, my, my family, we stayed at Kadani Village, uh, one bedroom. We crammed right. a bunch of folks in there. Uh, my son was still very young. We were standing down Main Street back at sort of the entry area watching Happily Ever After. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And that's, I think, one of the moments that sort of hooked me right there. Mm-hmm. Like just the incredibleness. And I'm going to leave it on that positive note for, for Happily Ever After. We won't, uh, we won't talk about other <laughs> shows. Let's leave it there. So, this was good to, to end on a hot seat. I'm getting, I'm getting um, excited about some upcoming trips. I'm hopeful that we will all maybe uh, be able to go very soon, taste a little positive energy about Disney, get in there in the parks, see the cast members that are doing a good job, and maybe forget about Chapek for a while. So, let's hope. Until then, we'll still be around. And if people want to find us, learn more, or interact with us, how do they do that? Well, you could start by going to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all those social media aspects. That is at TWTM Podcast. There is also a Spreadshirt store in which you can get your exclusive TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. And we do have a YouTube channel. Where can they find that, Adam? On our website, which is travelingwiththemouse.com. You can email us, podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And if you want to book a Disney trip, Disney cruise, Disneyland, we have a travel agent that you can book through. Her name is Jill Dilbeck. Her email address is jilldilbeck at gmail.com. Reach out to her. So for John and Adam, I am Jason, and this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. I wanted to point out that I listened while I was driving for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to the music for the new You Are the Magic show, or whatever it's called, the Enchantment show. And I was jamming, I was like, man, this is a pretty good soundtrack. It's all right, I'm listening to it on YouTube. And get to the end, I'm like, all right, all right, I right, maybe I'll give it a chance. And immediately as it ends, the next YouTube clip was the music for uh, Happily Ever After. And as it started going, I'm like, oh my God, this is like a million times better. 
Like, <laughs> listening to them back-to-back, it's just not even fair. Like, you just can't do it. I think Enchantment is going to be good, but just don't don't put them back-to-back. You just can't.